welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. And I'm your other host, Letha. And we're going to get into it with episode two, Strike First. Um, so on the last Cobra Kai, which was, what, many moons ago, it was last week, um, <laughs> we get a solid introduction to Johnny and his his dojo dreams. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we get a couple of Johnny montages. So in this week's episode... We start with a Daniel LaRusso montage. I know. And what a montage it is. It's set to Dean Martin. Um, you How see Lucky his... Kin, One by the Ain't That a Kick in the Head. Ain't uh, that a Kick in the yeah, Head. Yeah, 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 that song. That um, song. It's a very, very good choice for this montage. He does like... not wake up in a shitty apartment in Encino. He wakes up in like a mansion. Yep, next to his beautiful wife, who he drinks little perfect cups of espresso with. Uh, he is like handing beautifully made breakfast to his laughing children. He goes to work. He he hands bonsais to all his customers. He seems very um, very happy with his life, which makes me think that it's queuing up for a major midlife crisis, right? It's inevitable. Right. You also want to punch him in the face. A yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... So, like, Johnny started at the bottom, and he's got nowhere to go but up, whereas now we're going to see... Uh, Daniel LaRusso's epic fall, I think. I, I want to, like, also give Ralph Macchio props for just... His character's not, like... He's not a bad man, clearly. But, like, they set him up to be the kind of person where you're just like, ugh, he irritates you me. You know, I think... <laughs> I now follow Ralph Macchio on Twitter because... Mm-hmm. I, because I, I, not? I'm not going to go into the reasons why I do that. <laughs> Actually, in setting up this Twitter account, I... I kept getting it wrong, and so I've now followed. Um, I've sent. I've followed Ralph Macchio numerous times. From she means when she's uh, setting up our Twitter account. Yes, <laughs> obviously I'm not very tech savvy. So Ralph Macchio has received um, a lot of attention from me this week, and and he's such a nice guy on Twitter. Like he's he's thanking fans personally, and I don't know. It it kind of offsets the smugness you get from his character. Right. And, I mean, I, I actually think that's really cool of Ralph Macchio to be like, let's take this character and, like, let's not be too, like... You know, you can think of some actors who'd be like, no, my character always needs to be heroic and amazing in every scene. And he's like, no, make my character just seem a little, like, punchable. Let's yeah, but that. I also think he would be the type to give bonsai trees away in real life. That's like, true. I, just and last reason. Week, last week when we were doing this, you were talking about how much you hate bonsai trees. Have you changed your mind about that I since think... Twitter stalking Ralph Macchio? <laughs> I, you know, in the show, I think he cheapens the bonsai tree. Um, so I, I'm, I'm agnostic about bonsais, okay? I think bonsais are lovely little treasures, and as much as I hate Ralph Macchio's character... I would dig if somebody handed me a bonsai they tree They seem free. like a very finicky plant, okay? They are very finicky. They yeah, and, and very really easily. the bonsai is is a metaphor, right? It's a metaphor for so many things. Like pruning your life, pruning your karate practice. I I don't know. That, that's all you got, huh? I'm working here, okay? <laughs> um, so yes, he, he seems very settled into his life. And at right after in this... Daniel LaRusso montage, you see him hand somebody a bonsai, you see him driving home from work, and then screech, the music comes to a stop, because he sees, in like some crappy uh, strip mall, mall, he sees the Cobra Kai Dojo. And he is straight up triggered by this sign. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, like... He's got all these flashbacks to a young Johnny Lawrence kicking his ass and, like... I just love the number of flashbacks. Like, how flashback-prone each of these characters are, right? Um, 
Yeah, and then then it automatically switches to um, Johnny, who is now leading his first lesson with Miguel, with Miguel. who is so adorable. Oh my god, it actually hurts, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's such an adorable teen. He wants to learn all of the karate lessons. He asks, "Do I get the karate pajamas too?" And that's what we were all wondering, Miguel. We all just want the outfit. Yeah, the karate pajamas. When she is quickly snapped into place, he learns that that's called a gi, and that he should only refer to Johnny as sensei. And it's actually a pretty... I feel like this lesson perfectly encapsulates, like, kind of the dynamic that they're going to have, where, yeah. you know, Johnny's like, there's no weakness here, throw away your inhaler, there's no asthma in this dojo, no <laughs> peanut allergies, and Miguel's like, actually, those are medical conditions. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. He has him cleaning mats and taking care of exposed wires, as you do. And he tells him real words that I think we all can live by, which is, you don't want, you don't want to be a pussy. You have to have balls, you know? And, <laughs> and he calls and, and Miguel calls him out for quote, genderizing. Um, which Miguel is, is going to lead the revolution. Right? I can tell. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, you definitely see a lot of like Johnny reacting to like millennial culture with like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Don't be a pussy. Which, you know, in some ways that is the message that, that we that's all need. What, that's the lesson that you taught me, Letha. Thank you. I mean, you really yeah, should stop being a pussy. We're not, I we're knew not I was just that. a soft suburban. Never, I guess. <laughs> that's the dynamic we have You're here. my Miguel. I'm um, Miguel in this? What a compliment. That was too complimentary. <laughs> so anyways, their, inter- their lesson is interrupted by a health code inspector coming in who basically informs Johnny that, like, again, I one thing I give props to the show for is that it's really cognizant of, like, the shit that exists in the real world. Like, Johnny, you can't have a dojo until you get it up to health code, you know? You gotta yeah, get that's what this. that's what the show really needs is some grounding realism. Like, have we really thought about the health codes of dojos? Right? I mean, somebody has to, Nina. Remember the scabies outbreak? And At the, the hot, the yoga, hot yoga, yoga place? Studio? You that's got... very likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so I, I like that. Nina apparently just wants to live in this fantasy world where anybody, including us, could open up a dojo tomorrow. Oh, Stay tuned for that. God. But, um, yeah, so then it switches back to, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Daniel LaRusso's charm. His country club. His semi-charmed kind of life um, at the Encino Country Club, where we get introduced to his his children. So there's Sam. And the, the other one. The other one. Is Anthony. Anthony, I had you. to look this up. So, so you get introduced to Anthony LaRusso, who's just... He's a gamer. He's just a kind of... Uh, you know, he's like a kind of sedentary kid who plays on his iPad a lot. He just, he's kind of like an, a little asshole. The interesting thing is that we've watched two seasons of Cobra Kai and Anthony LaRusso does not feature prominently. Like, and uh, like Daniel's other child. We'd love child. to tell you that, you know, he, he becomes another, maybe he does. Maybe he becomes another student. Of- I want the third season to be just the rise of Anthony because like, he's basically just this like little piece of shit who's just like, dad, give me a drink. I'm tired. I know. No, but also Daniel LaRusso is just like, hey, too much screen time, kid. Why aren't you in the pool? And it's like, come on, leave him alone. Oh, you're on Daniel Sun's team. What a surprise. I'm not. I'm not. But, uh... I'm on no one's team. Wait, no, here. you're actually on Anthony yeah. LaRusso's team. Never mind. Uh, but Yes, I, the, the little known Anthony LaRusso team. <laughs> Maybe I should follow him on Twitter. Maybe you should. God, I bet he's not even on Twitter. He's just... He is played by a fairly young child, so yeah. maybe not. But okay, that would be kind of creepy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're already getting pretty creepy with your <laughs> your multiple followings of, oh my God. of Ralph Macchio. Whatever. Um, We're past shame at this point. But the other thing is that we meet uh, Aisha, who is a lovely young teenager. She's like a bit on the hefty side. Um, and she is a friend of Daniel's daughter, Sam. Or she used to be, because she's like at the country club and she's saying, I haven't seen Sam all summer. And she wants to talk about robot camp, and yeah, don't we all? Right, she's, she's going to robot camp, clearly a good nerdy kid that we all can root for. But it seems that like her former BFF Sam isn't really hanging with her because Sam is popular now, as we see when we cut yeah. to a scene, right? At the uh at the Daniel LaRusso mansion where It is a proper mansion though. Nice, he kept taking nice like house. various left turns and he was like in another corridor. Right. It just keeps going. Like, Jesus there, Christ. There's a really nice looking pool, uh which like Sam is hanging out with like all of her cool popular friends and bikinis and like bathing suits and it's just the kind of party I never knew yeah, existed. Yeah, the I other side school. of Encino, the rich side. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I find weird is so uh, Dan LaRusso, uh, true to form, decides to bust up this pool party. Uh, although I was briefly on his side when he discovered that all of these guys are wearing his swim trunks. That's so invasive. One, he has fifty pairs of swim trunks. That's weird too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And two, what are you thinking, Sam? Wouldn't you be just a little skeeved out if all of right? your guy friends were like, cool if I wear your dad's trunks? Totally. Get your junk up in there. Including, Ew. I will say, Sam's love interest, Kyler the Asian bully. Who's okay, back? I don't believe Asian parents would ever name their son Kyler. I know. It's so it's, great. It's so great. I can tolerate a lot of things, but that was that was just too much. Right. It's like, no, his, his, his name cannot possibly be Kyler. But yeah. I do, again, I'm here for him as, like, the Asian bully Claude, who's, like, clearly just exists to get beat up by the hero. Like I said, I feel like he's breaking barriers just yeah. by being his asshole yeah. stuff. It's My it's God. Awesome. I, I want to do a field trip to Encino just to be like, where are you, Kylers? Are you out there? <laughs> I think it shows a lot that... You know, anybody can be anything. And Kyler's like, apparently like eye-banging Samantha and her friends are like, oh my God, Sam, Kyler's looking at you. I'm like, who knew an Asian dude would be able to achieve such a thing? Uh, Just, sorry, tears in my eyes right now. Um, Honest tears. And anyways, after Daniel LaRusso breaks up the pool party, his wife is like, Man, I mean, maybe... He's very reasonable, normal wife. Who I actually am really here for. I like his wife a lot because in... You see in subsequent episodes, like, she doesn't take all of this too seriously. She's like, okay, play with your karate friends now. Okay, You know but, what's um, weird, though, is uh, when he brings up that he saw the Cobra Kai sign, and he was like, hey, remember I told you about that kid in high school? And she's like, oh, yeah, briefly. I don't believe for a second that this is the first time he's ever mentioned. Right. It's, unless it's been totally under the surface, and really that sign is what's bringing it all back. I feel like... Every month. Yeah, you, know? you feel like he brings it up every day. So. <laughs> Daniel LaRusso. Did like, I ever tell you about the time? Yes. His life stopped in 1984. It never moved on. And all the trappings of his existence just yeah. hide that, that secret tra- trauma that he deals with. But I think with. the show, what the show is trying to say is actually he's, he's, 
he's he feels like he's doing really well and and now he realizes oh he never really got closure right there's always been a part of him that karate closure has never happened for him karate closure is important to all of us in some i know i never got it i I, mean i just abruptly stopped showing up to the dojo i I never got it after my two lessons where are my karate pajamas where are mine this is what the podcast is about we're processing it's it's cool (laughs) it's great but uh yeah so his his wife basically tells him to be a normal human being. Although, you know, just to say things from the perspective of, of an Asian child, like I think Daniel is being very reasonable by not murdering Samantha for having a party while he was away. Ew. And having other people's junk in his trunks. Yeah, he's surprised. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, he's surprisingly forgiving about it after his wife tells him to calm down and says, it's okay for our daughter to want to be popular. It's all right. So you see them have a little moment where he remembers practicing karate with his daughter when she was like a little bit younger. And yes, he lives in flashbacks, man, but it's cute. And then he goes to see her and they have a, they have a nice moment where you can tell Sam's like a pretty good kid. And, and you can also, he also communicates in that flashback his his vision of karate, which is karate is for self-defense, mm-hmm. uh, which is completely opposite to what Johnny's kind of ethos is, which is, Strike first. Yeah, yeah, and I know Daniel's a pussy, but um, but no, he's he's very much like again. You see that motto again. It's just for self defense. You see that he really misses teaching karate to his daughter, and then like when he goes to talk to her, he suggests that they invite her her gentleman friend Kyler, Asian bully extraordinaire, for Friday night. Don't dinner. you think that's a little soon? Yeah, I it's way mean, soon. It's, God, he has no chill. Yeah, like none at all. No, and it's actually, like, you actually start to, like, get over the fact that you're sort of off-put by his super successful smarminess when you see, like, how little chill he has. You're like, oh, okay. Ah, you're this, trying, this Daniel. This dinner Stein. scene, though, I, I love it so much because Kyler is such a bro. Like, <laughs> Right, and I also love that, um, <laughs> so Daniel makes him sushi and is like... Oh. Again! I mean, do you think they have sushi every night? I think that Daniel, like, his early experience knowing a Japanese person has made him into this, like, weird Asian fetishist. Yeah. And it's... Oh, yeah. You get you get that super early. Oh, on. yeah. Where are you from, Kyler? Yeah. And Kyler, I love it. He's like, uh... Riverside. Where, Irvine, I think. You know, <laughs> and I, I really like it because I think the show is and also like, aware right. that this is kind of weird that the dude is, like, fixated on Japan and his stupid knife that he bought in Okinawa and all but that. The Yanagi, or Yanagi Ba, depending on the region, is a knife used exclusively for cutting sashimi. I picked up this bad boy on my first trip to Okinawa. Voila. The famous LaRusso Ponzu Toro. Uh, no thanks. I don't like sushi. We haven't really gotten a full introduction to Miyagi, who is Daniel's sensei, um, but he finds a way to reference Miyagi. It's like the ghost of Miyagi is in the room at all oh, times. Oh my god! He's like, I mean, when Kyler like- says a very normal thing, like, "Hey, we're like nice house or something," and like Daniel's like, "Yeah, you know, um, this is the fish." Like, uh, I didn't like sushi. Until uh, Miyagi taught me. Until a very I made special a, friend. a special friend in Okinawa. It's yeah. like, oh it's man. It's like, please stop talking about your one Asian friend. Unfortunately, we know which friend he made in Okinawa. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's interesting how he managed to work Miyagi into like almost every conversation. It's actually pretty <laughs> hilarious. Like, 
you know, after he has like kind of a fight with Samantha about throwing the pool party, he's looking at a picture of Miyagi and being like, I sure could use your wisdom right now. And it's like, Miyagi did not have a teenage daughter. What <laughs> wisdom would he give you about this? Yeah, he learns that all Asian people don't like sushi. <laughs> yeah, that Kyler teaches him a valuable lesson. It blows lesson his about mind. That. Oh, and then um, this is important. Uh, he asks about Kyler's bruises, because Kyler has some, and Kyler basically says, oh, some homeless-looking guy. Yeah, he does some mall, creative restructuring up. of what happened. Right, he just, like, started hassling us when we were buying uh, protein bars. Actually, mini that bars. story checks out. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, anyway, bars. so then we see Daniel's brow furrow, and we have skipped something that happens a little before that, which is Miguel's first day at school. Yes, we get... So much te- we get the introduction to the teen dynamics, which and I guess it's good. It's really good. It, it is. Uh, so there's there's Eli. Oh yeah. So there's Miguel, me. who has nowhere to sit in his first day, sits at a table with two two nerdy looking guys, and you know, uh, credit to the show again. Uh, these two people become more important as time goes on. Like they You've are revealed too much. I have, haven't I? They're not just like his nerdy sidekicks. They they become something more. You see, Dimitri. And Eli. And Dimitri's, like, a sarcastic, like, dweeb. And Eli is a very quiet dweeb who has, like, a... Is it called a hair lip? Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. he has, a, a, like, a fairly small scar, like, on, on his upper lip. But he's clearly very self-conscious about it. And then you see them, like, gazing longingly at the hot girls at the popcorn table. And they table. say, hey, just because they're hot doesn't mean they're mean. And then we flash to the hot girls who are... Who are definitely mean. Definitely mean. Super, Super mean. Yeah. Um, it's like, well... Like, well, there you go. And Dimitri I don't know says... fantasy world you live in. Yeah. Dimitri says something that uh, I think is a, is a pretty great line. He's looking at the super alpha hot mean girl. Her name is Jasmine. She's a blonde. And he says, you know, I don't care if she's mean. I'd kill both of you just for her to spit in my face. And... You think Dimitri's, like, well on his way to becoming, like, an incel? Yes! <laughs> He's, like, accepted it. He's joined the Reddit forum. He's, I'm afraid. He's done. I'm very afraid. Keep the guns away from Dimitri. Well, I mean... I well, feel like he's a, a couple terrible incidents away from... A sc- being a school shooter? Oh, I mean, yeah. It's yeah. funny you should say that, because uh, his friend Eli, who's rather quiet at the moment, like, he, he eventually, like, has some triggers as well, but... We'll get to... I've said too much. You have said too much. I have. I have. So... Keep watching, guys, if you haven't watched it. God Um, damn it. (laughs) But anyway, so... This is actually, I I guess, kind of important, because Miguel sees Sam for the first time and is, I don't know, bewitched. And actually, he's like clearly hearing Johnny Lawrence's lessons to strike first in, the, in his head. He gets up to go talk to her. And then and he sees stupid, Kyler, Asian stupid boy. Kyler cock blocks him. Man. So anyways, lots, lots of Kyler in this episode. Kyler, it's, it's a Kyler-heavy episode. Right, it's man. just Kyler's world and we're all living in it. Um, <laughs> and he's so dopey and one-dimensional, you, you can't help but love right. it. And also because Kyler reveals so much. Like, Kyler serves as a sort of foil. It reveals Daniel LaRusso's, like, uh, Orientalism. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> Orientalism. Someone yes. get Edward Said on this. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, anyways. Now we're forgetting to... one. You're forgetting one very important teen. Ooh, what? Ooh. One Robbie Keane. Oh, yes. So... This episode actually introduces a lot of people yeah, in a short amount of yeah. time. You forget Enter Robbie. Johnny has a son. And he looks like a clone of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Very strange. He has a haircut that has not been worn by anyone since 1997. I know. I feel so terrible for the actor to have to 
have to wear this through season after season. It's right. it's truly terrible. Like nobody has hair like this today. It's not. I don't get it. Like the show's about eighties nostalgia. Why does he have the most nineties haircut ever? It just makes no sense. And he's, he's supposed to be like a teen bad boy heartthrob. Yeah, it's, he does Molly. I guess he's he's caught at school with Molly on him, and like you know, so they call Rob. Uh, they call Dan. Uh, shit. All the names. They call Johnny Lawrence because, hey, Johnny's his dad in an emergency contact and they couldn't reach his mom. What do you want? Robbie, what the hell? You doing drugs? You want to flush your life down the toilet? <laughs> like, you're one to talk. Don't try to play dad now. You're a pathetic loser. He's, he's a, been saving that up for a while. You, you can clearly tell, yeah. yeah. You can clearly tell they're setting up as a bad boy, but he has, like, a strangely young and innocent face. So it's almost like just by seeing him in this scene, you're like... Okay. He's going to be a bad boy that's not that bad. Yeah, so Johnny's not really part of his life. And you also find out, actually, Miguel's dad is not part of his life. So... Can I just say again? A lot of daddy issues. Miguel's... Miguel Miguel's actor, whose name I cannot recall at this exact moment, is really excellent. Like he's he is. just so good. I know. He's so earnest. And... and when he's talking about his dad, he's like so subtle about it. Kind of like... You know, he's like, yeah, well, I, I've just never really met, met my dad, so you know. And he's like, and you see Johnny's Johnny's face soften a little bit. Ah, uh, they're both such good actors, and all of us just die a little inside. Ah, right. uh, okay. Anyway, but, are we done? And are we done? I don't know, but but then I feel like a terrible person because we are going to spend so much time just talking about poor Robbie Keane and and it. His stupid hair and his stupid face and his stupid backstory. And yeah. theoretically, he has, like, a lot of issues. I mean, his dad's out of the picture. His mom is also kind of She's like an alcoholic yeah. and not around much. I don't know why it is that we're so anti-Robbie, which you'll see over the it's course 90% of... It's 90% the hair. It's probably I the hair. I really think so. Yeah. He like, could shave it off. He should really shave buzz it off. buzz cuts. I mean, just... Maybe that would deepen his character a little bit. Because, like, you're just like, oh... My God, you were such like <laughs> cliched teen angst. You were a simple plan song. Oh, it's ah, yeah. Good reference. I, right. I, if I can find a clip of "Welcome to My Life," I'm going to play it right here <laughs> and right now. Anyway, <laughs> um, we we have met Robbie Keane. We get some Kyler action, and then we go back to Miguel in the dojo doing some grunt work. Washing windows. He's like, hey, should I be washing these windows a particular way? And Johnny don't give a shit because this is not Miyagi-Do. It's free labor, damn mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get to... Uh, what guess, karate lesson do you think he's teaching there? That sometimes you got to do what you're told. Dedication. Grunt work. Th- yeah. No, you know what? I like... I'm going to like say this is my interpretation of the show, which may actually be completely incorrect. But I think the point of Cobra Kai and Johnny Lawrence as a sensei is that he might seem like an asshole, and he might seem like he's teaching all the wrong lessons. But in a way, they're exactly the lessons that his students need. That's true. Mm -hmm. Actually, Mm -hmm. from my memories of karate, (laughs) so many of them, uh, it seems like they all start with a brutalizing workout, and that's actually what what sort of separates the wheat from the chaff. Like if you can handle doing push-ups on your knuckles. Wait, did you guys actually do push-ups on your knuckles? I'm just telling you that they made those 12-year-olds run drills that I don't think Marines do. Like it was, I blocked that part of my life out. There's a, there's a reason I was a karate dropout. <laughs> so you, you think this is accurate. And I mean, personally, I'm like, 
millennials are expecting everything to be handed to them. Okay, we're older millennials, so I feel bad saying that. And here's this guy saying, wash the goddamn windows and clean the toilet, and maybe yeah, that's good for you. fix those exposed wires. Right, that's not child abuse, that's just good old fat... Maybe I do miss the point of Cobra Kai, actually. Um, anyways. Maybe you wish you had a student. I, I do. Um, on an unrelated note, we're looking for an intern for the podcast. Um, <laughs> there's some wiring in my apartment that could use some fixing up. That's true. So We've also briefly been mulling taking karate lessons. Which of our half-baked ideas will we go forth with? We, we try to do all of these simultaneously, so let's see how this goes. Podcast but intern. Now, this is the uh, last scene, basically, where... Johnny's a johnnying it up, and Miguel's cleaning a toilet, and then who should burst in but Daniel LaRusso. Again, I think what we're actually revealing here is that Daniel LaRusso is a control freak. He has this perfectly curated life, and the second he sees any kind of ripple in his, his dream world, he loses his shit. Right, like as soon as he's like, what? Some homeless-looking guy practiced karate moves on my daughter's boyfriend, who I don't even like. Yeah. I gotta go confront this. It's clearly Johnny Lawrence, and I must go confront him about this. It could have been any homeless guy. Who knows karate? I mean, who? yeah. So it's a little bit like, okay, he drives up to the dojo and he storms in all, like, all, like, uh, on his high horse about, like, yeah. You know. You know what the funniest thing uh, Danny, Daniel LaRusso said is, I'm not here to rehash the past. What the fuck, man? All you do is rehash the past. Yeah, come on now. Um, I'm here to defend the honor of Kyler. Okay. Um, and <laughs> Kyler's pathetic honor. Right. And the Johnny man doesn't even like sushi. I mean, I don't... Think yeah, why are you even here for him? And Johnny Lawrence is all like, yeah, well, your, daughter, your daughter's friends were wailing on a kid half their size, which is an accurate depiction of events. And, you know, Daniel's all like, fuck, I never. Anyways, after some scoffing and then like kind of staring at each other from across the dojo with the words strike hard, strike first, no mercy in the background between them, you know, nothing really happens. And like Daniel just leaves and gets in his car and glowers. And, you know, again, I'm going to give more props to Ralph Macho for like making it so that his character is not sympathetic here. You're kind of like, what an asshat, man. Also, he tries to make it seem like he's above it all, but yeah. he's so worked up. In fact, Johnny's the one that's very chill, and he's just like, you know, get your house in order, LaRusso. Right, maybe you it's don't know true. your daughter as well as you think. Truer words than know any? Mistake. Do we know what's going on with any of the teens? Right, I mean, I think that's a fair point, that it's like your daughter's friends are assholes. Look it up, bro. And, you know, Daniel comes, goes out, and he's like so clearly like in believes that he has the moral high ground here and everywhere and it's just it's a good setup and it's where the episode ends and it's just god this season is so good the first season of this show is just almost perfect (sighs) almost perfect huh well yeah we'll get to the parts that i think are less than perfect (laughs) um robbie Keane's hair is the tip of an iceberg and yeah, I will tell, I, we promise no spoilers, but I will say his hair does not get any better. No. Um, no. It's disappointing. Nothing happens to it. There's not even a super cuts around. Right. I mean, but maybe that's the real tragedy is that he doesn't have the parental figures in his life to say, hey, go down to super cuts. Yeah. Get yourself something pretty. It's not 1997. Get, get a fucking haircut. It's, yeah. <laughs> Oh, this poor kid. Right. And that's... Oh, my God. In a way, that's the true tragedy of Cobra Kai. Get a haircut, kids. Get a haircut. Come on. (laughs) 
Anyways, if you have if you take offense to our statements about Robbie's nineties tastic hair, you can contact us because we have a Twitter account now. Yes, you can follow us at Kai underscore cast on Twitter. Uh, you will probably be our third follower. We're still holding out for Ralph Macchio and friends, but right? you know, that's, I that's mean, kind of we've, a, that's a work in progress. We have, as Nina They'll alluded to, created a number of Twitter accounts that didn't number quite of work. ghost accounts. Yes. And we kept following Ralph Macchio, so he's probably thoroughly he's weirded out. He's such a out. nice guy. He'll either follow me back or give me a bonsai. One of those two things will happen. Right, that's happening. Um, but yeah, you can email us all of your burning uh, karate questions at cobrakaineverdiescast at gmail.com. And as always, kids, strike first, strike hard. No, no mercy! mercy!